We're continuing our daily Bible reading for uh, this Friday. We are in Leviticus, and we're in Leviticus chapter 11. Chapter 11 starts what my Bible commentary says, a manual of purity. It's chapters 11 through 15. God's going to talk about uh, what purity means. And again, remember that the whole idea here is that instead of God coming down and getting dirty like us, he raises us up to be like him. He reminds us, though, by all of these things that that we aren't that way by ourselves. We can't clean ourselves up. Obviously, um, all these regulations that God gave to them, they they weren't going to be able to keep every single one of them. They're overwhelmed by them, Uh, but they're overwhelmed only because of the fact, and we are overwhelmed by that because we can't keep it. No matter how hard we try, we can't. And that was part of the point, too. Remember, we're saved by grace through faith, and this is not our own doing. It's a gift from God. Thank God it's a gift because it's a gift we can't buy and earn by ourselves. But thanks be to God that he earned it for us in Jesus Christ. It continues to humble us. It continues to remind us of our position with God. If we think we're somehow equal with God, um, then we're going to do something foolish because we're not. Um, We're going to start to question God. We're going to start to make ourselves our own God because we're equal with God. And and that's going to lead to all kinds of disaster. These kinds of things constantly reminded them and us of the fact that there's no way. It's only by the grace of God and causing us great appreciation and thanksgiving, but also peace too. Because if it's left up to us, if we got to get it right, if we got to, we've got to get every single detail right, uh, we're going to see there's no way we can. And then it's total hopelessness. Then we're either going to go a number of different ways. We're either going to say, um, well, maybe God didn't mean all that, or maybe it's a little bit less, or surely God, you know, surely we get an, an E for effort. No, but that would only lead us to, to the world we have right now and the imperfection that's here. Who sets the curve? And there's no curve. Thankfully, God makes us perfect in Christ Jesus um, through him, through what Christ did for us, for, for leading a perfect life on our behalf fulfilling the law in that way, and then taking our sin upon himself, but dying for them all and and winning for us the washing, the regeneration, and renewal in the, uh, in the Holy Spirit. I want you to see that as you read here, in particular as you get to the end of the section, uh, where God reminds him of his covenant relationship within and how with him, and how in that covenant relationship with him, it's, it's that he saves us, he delivers us. So verse 44 says, for I am the Lord your God. Uh, that your is such a powerful word. He makes us his God, not just a God, not just some nebulous higher power out there, but your God, similar to what we say in the Lord's Prayer when you call him our Father. And so therefore, he says, consecrate yourselves, therefore. In other words, see that you are not perfect on your own. You cannot enter in the presence of God on your own. You can try. You maybe think you can, but the reality is it's not true. Uh, He says, consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. Um, and thank God that he is holy. Thank God that he is perfect in, in love and, and in perfection. And what he makes is perfect. What he makes is good. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. And behold, after each day it was good. And after the sixth day it was very good. We thank God uh, that it is. Otherwise, heaven would be nothing to look forward to. It would be just the same that we have here. Uh, but it isn't. God makes us um, like him and restores that uh, that image of God that he gave to Adam and Eve uh, in the beginning. And then he says, You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. For again, for I am the Lord your God, 
I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Now, this is exactly what God says to them when he gives them the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. The same thing, again, remembering them, reminding them of their covenant relationship with God, with how he saved them. That's what bringing them out of Egypt was. Um, they can remember when we when we studied some in the Old Testament or in the um, uh, in the prophets as well as the Psalms, just like uh, the cross and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the salvation event of all the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, the salvation event was, was God bringing them out of Egypt, out of the slavery of um, of uh, um, being in Egypt and slaves there. And, uh, and so he brings that up again, um, and, and that covenant relationship isn't based upon, hey, I'm God, all-powerful over you, and I could squish you with my little finger, which is true, but he always reminds us of his grace towards us and his love towards us. Uh, so no wonder the psalmist wrote, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, he is gracious, he is giving, and his love endures forever. And he says, you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. And God's the one that's going to make us holy. So I found a note in my Bible in Exodus 14, or Deuteronomy 14, excuse me, on Luther making some comments, because as you read about these, you know, what's the difference between how does God decide what's clean and unclean? And it's more so, again, of the sense that I want you to be unique from every other nation, because you are by what you believe. And Luther makes these comments. It says, Luther held that God gave four basic reasons for forbidding his people at that time from eating unclean animals. Number one, they were literally unclean and so unfit for human consumption, at least at that time and place. Number two, such strict dietary laws, which distinguished God's people from the other nations, would discourage his people from making additional laws of their own devising. God gave them enough there. Number three, um, through the strict laws, human pride might be broken so that God's people might grow in desire for the one who would deliver them from their sins. And number four, in seeing that unclean, uh, rapacious, and cruel animals were forbidden, God's people would be moved to love and gentleness. In other, in other words, some of the animals that he, um, that he forbid were cruel animals uh, in the first place, and it would lead them towards love and gentleness. So some great points from Luther. Appreciate that. Uh, such a scholar of the Old Testament, especially um, Luther, shares that uh, with us. So God bless you. As you continue to read. You got one more chapter tomorrow uh, in Leviticus, uh, and then we come to the Lord's Day. God bless you as you read.